Blaise Pascal was a French mathematician, physicist, inventor, philosopher, writer, and a Catholic theologian, which is something that I didn't realize um, having uh, heard his name in my science classes growing up. But he was uh, all of that in the 1600s. And he said, the gospel to me is simply irresistible. And today we're praying through verses that are intimately connected with the gospel. And I hope that your heart also finds it irresistible this week. Welcome, I'm Michelle Berkey, and this is Praying Scripture, a weekday broadcast where we use God's own words to honor Him and to talk to Him about the things going on in our life and in our world. This is episode 195. We are closing in on 200. We'll get two episodes in this week, today and Wednesday. And we are going to pray today through some of the best loved Bible verses. But before we do that, we are going to begin with worship. We have two verses or two passages. First John 14, 9 and 10 is the first one. Uh, that was First John 14, 9 and 10 and Psalm 136, 26. The first John verse reads like this. God's love was revealed among us in this way. God sent his one and only son into the world so that we might live through him. Love consists in this, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Um, basic, succinct declaration of the gospel. And then Psalm 136, 26 says, give thanks to the God of heaven. His faithful love endures forever. So between these two verses, we have this reminder that this is what love is, that Christ came so that we might find life in his sacrifice and that therefore we should give thanks to the God of heaven because that faithful love endures forever. So that is the basis of our worship this morning. Let's dive right in. Father, we... Uh, so, I want to say so appreciate, but that just seems, um, I, and I wrote that out for something else this morning that I'm thankful, and that just seems like such a small wor- word. I mean, I'm thankful for the sunshine, <laughs> but this feeling seems like it should be, there should be another word for so overwhelmingly grateful that you showed, that you revealed your love among us in this way, that Christ Uh, that you sent your one and only son. I have a one and only son right now, and my heart, um, I can't even describe how my heart feels about that child. And you sent him here out of heaven, out of his, uh, all the things that he uh, deserves and enjoys while he is uh, part of the Godhead into a human body. And subject to not only the the whims of a human body, but the terror and the violence that would be inflicted upon him. And you knew that going into it. I'm grateful that you both loved us so much that you were willing to do that and that he loved us so much, Jesus, that you were obedient unto that, that you loved us and sent your son to be atoning sacrifice for our sins so that we might have life, that we would live everlastingly with you, eternally with you. And for that, we give thanks to you. I publicly am in this moment giving thanks to you for that sacrifice on my behalf and recognizing that that faithful love endures forever. Nothing can change that. Nothing I do, nothing I think can change that sacrifice for me, that your love was offered up first. And I can't make you love me anymore. There is nothing, nothing more that you could have given 
to me. And we worship you this morning for that love that you have shown and the fact that it is, I can always count on that faithful love. Um, Thank you for that gift for us today. And I feel like I'm going to be repeating this exact same thing in a few moments. But as we get to that, I pray that you would give me the words that you would want me to speak this morning. I pray that you would uh, guide this time. We give it to you. It's yours. Do with it what you will. I pray that you would speak to each one of our hearts and that you would find us listening. And that not only are we listening, but we would find us obedient. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. So this month, we are in a series where we are praying through some of the most popular verses in the Bible. And we know they're the most popular verses in the Bible because Bible Gateway has declared them to be so. And they measure that based on the number of page reads and of each verse, how often each verse is clicked on and, and read in, in their website and their system. So most frequently read verses of all times on their site. And judging by the shares that the verse prayers are getting on my Grace in the Gravel Road Facebook page, they are very popular verses. Today's verses have a progression of a theme of sin, salvation, and our response. They're a little bit out of order from the Bible Gateway list, but it seemed to flow better that way for this prayer more naturally that way. I wasn't surprised that the verses from last week were on the list. They are instructional and inspirational, but this week's verse, this week's list is is a little bit less so what we would think of as kind of motivational, uh, the kind of things that we put on mugs and make ourselves feel good. But I can't say I'm surprised that this week's verses are here, but I will say that I'm glad that the most read verses in the Bible are ones that are at the heart of the gospel. And so we have one, two, three, four of them today. I'm going to read one and then pray, read one and then pray. Uh, Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. The fact that this verse is in this list, that it is a most read verse, is awe-inspiring to me. It's We tend to gravitate towards the things that make us feel better, not make us force a a reality that we don't want to see. And this seems like one of those things to me. The fact that uh, we are not as um, strong, as wonderful people as we think we are. Uh, Anyway, yeah, that goes down another rabbit trail, but rabbit trail. Let's pray. Father, your word (laughs) tells us. So in one respect, um, this is something that you need to tell us. So our hearts need to understand for the gospel to make sense, that every single one of us has sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Certainly we can all kind of typically say, and we do say it kind of flippantly, I'm not perfect, but we usually say it to excuse something that we have uh, done to someone else. But this is recognizing that we we are not perfect, that there is no way that we could live up to the glory of God, that we all have sinned against God, and that our, uh, we are fallible humans. So when we get to the, uh, into the sin of pride and we begin to feel like we are all that, uh, that we are invincible or that we are better than we are, being reminded that we are sinful creatures is good. Um, I pray that 
we would, knowing this, understanding this, makes the gospel both necessary and um, a gift that we could never, never get for ourselves, that we could never earn this thing or do this thing on our own, is recogni- recognition of our need and dependence for a Savior is necessary for the gospel to be a beautiful, necessary thing in our lives. And so to the degree that we, uh, you know, many of us listening, if, you, if, if there are those of us listening who don't understand this, who don't know their need for a Savior, I pray, Spirit, that you would speak to their heart in a way that um, helps them recognize this need so that you might be that for them because you are available to be that for them. For those of us who have at some point recognized this need and know that you are our Savior, help us uh, see this in, in these two competing ways. I have two things vying for my attention in my mind right now. One, that we are no longer uh, what people might have uh, referred to as a wretched sinner. You have saved us. And that is no longer our heart condition. We are a new creation in Christ. We have a righteousness in Christ. However, we still have that human nature. And so when we find ourselves falling victim to pride, when we find ourselves not valuing your sacrifice, not grateful for your sacrifice in the way that is a proper response to the God of the universe, then I pray that you would remind us of this truth, that we are humans and humans are sinful creatures. No one escapes having sinned against you. Amen. All right. Next is, is the very first verse that I ever memorized. And I memorized it because I was taking a group of kids to a conference across the country. And I had a hat that I, I don't remember where I got this hat, if someone gave it to me or if I bought it or whatever, but it had on it Romans 5, 8 on the back of the hat. I thought, if someone asks me, I better know what that says. And so it says, but God proves his own love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So let's pray. Uh, The verse right before this, Romans 5, 7, I think says that some, you can understand someone uh, dying for someone who is good or well-loved. Like I can, I can see a sacrifice being made on behalf of a father for his son or uh, someone for their best friend or for their spouse, someone that is deeply loved or someone that, who is a phenomenally good person, but you gave yourself up for people who were your enemies. And we don't often sacrifice for the good of our enemies. As a matter of fact, when someone even sacrifices for a stranger, it makes the evening news. This is not something that, um, that we see very often. You sacrificed yourself for us willingly while we were still sinners, while we were actively against you, while we were actively sinning against you, actively an enemy of yours. And you willingly sacrificed your most precious thing, Father, your Son, Jesus, your life, that we might be reconciled to you. And this proves your love. So whenever we doubt that we are loved greatly, help us remember this. Whenever we 
um, need to recognize that that love that we spoke from before is uh, faithful through all generations. Help us remember that the blood that you shed, the blood of Jesus, is eternally more precious than anything that we can imagine, and that that was given for our lives. Father, when we begin to look at what you've done for us and who you who you sacrificed for, help that be part of our response, which now I'm probably getting ahead of myself. So John 14, 6 is the next one. It says, Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus, you made this way for us to be reconciled. This is the only way. We can't earn it. We can't act righteously on our own. We, we can't uh, be good enough. And that is really good news, that, there are, that we do not have the power, but someone else does. If Jesus had not chosen to make that sacrifice, we would not have been able to have this relationship that we have with you, for which we are so grateful. Jesus, you are the way to that relationship. You are the truth. You are the life. Help us remember when we start looking for other ways for this relationship to work, when we start relying on the things that we have done, on checking off the boxes of all the good Christian uh, activities, or I've read my Bible every day, or I've prayed today, so I'm good. Help us remember that none of that has meaning without this relationship that you made possible, that you are the way and the truth, and that our life is found in you. That all the things, when we start looking for all the things to give us life outside of you, help us repent of that. Help us turn away from that and remind us that you are the life. So then we come to our response. Matthew 28, 19 through 20, what is best known or better known as the Great Commission says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. Uh, you know, books have been written about this passage. So <laughs> trying to unpack it in prayer, I guess, <laughs> so when I talk, I, we have a morning thing that we do with a group on Clubhouse. It's it's non, it's not a religious thing. It's a secular group, but we do gratitude prompts at the end of each day. And I, it, you always feel like I have to, like choosing something to be grateful for has to be the, the biggest or the best or the most favorite. And I can't choose to be grateful for my brother because how would my sister feel? So I have to kind of make this whole thing generic. But that's how I feel like sometimes we approach a, a Bible verse. We have to feel like we need to understand all of the meaning or get it all out there or do this deep dive study. But when we pray these verses, we don't have to, <laughs> we can pray this one again tomorrow and we can pray something else about this verse. And so this isn't meant to be a, a deep uh, breadth of, of getting it all in there. This is just what I have today for this verse. So, and that's, pro that's true of all the verses. I don't know why it just struck me really intensely on this one. So let's pray. Father, help us to marinate in this truth that you, uh, what you have given us and how much of a gift it is and that our relationship 
is what uh, is so precious and so valuable that you made possible, this eternal relationship that we now have. And as we think about what a gift that was, because we have been, we were sinners like everyone else, and we have now not had to pay the price for that sin. Someone else paid it, and that is available to everyone else. So as we think about this, and as we, as our heart is transformed more and more by that gospel gift, I pray that we would, in each way that you have directed of us, go and make disciples, baptize, teach, and remember that our actions in our families whether whether we're kind of doing that in our families or whether we are choosing to go or support someone who is going across the world, that this would be the driving uh, purpose that we have before us in relationship, that we teach and share, that we bring people into a saving relationship with you, that we remember who you are and what you have given us, and that you are with us, that you are Emmanuel, God with us, and that you will always be that God to the end of the age. Each one of us needs to fulfill this great commission in a different way. There is no one way to do it. No matter how many ways we could think of, you have ordained more. So help us step into this in our own lives from a place of gratitude and curiosity, not a place of have to, um, The word for that escapes me right at the moment. But from a place of gratitude and curiosity, help us walk into today, not really thinking about this in this this big global way, but a very personal way. How am I supposed to do this today? How can I show my gratitude towards you for helping others grow in relationship with you? Because that's essentially what this is, is is bringing others, helping others grow up in relationship with you, meet you, get to know you, mature in you, and replicate that relationship. How do we do that today? Speak to our hearts and let us know. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for being with me this morning and processing through these verses in prayer with me. If you're watching on the broadcast, we'll be back on Wednesday if you found it helpful. Bring along a friend and join us on Wednesday. We'll be at a slightly different time. We'll be at noon Central Time. If you're a podcast listener, you will get the show on uh, Wednesday about 2.30, I think. And um, we appreciate you consuming this in that way and sharing it with others if you have found it helpful. Brought to you, the show is brought to you by Grace in the Gravel Road. And my heart is, as we, we do this, that I pray that God would really speak to each of our hearts through these scriptures, that he would uh, train us in, in this relationship communication that we call prayer, and that he would answer these prayers in mighty ways. But mostly, I want us all to fall deeper in, in love with a God who gave us these words. Amen. Amen.